Well, a little, little pre-show argument. I don't know going. if I'm you frisky. I'm, I'm probably more punchy than I am frisky. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after a few feeling, more of these ciders, I'll be frisky. I'm not sure. Froggy in there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I'm excited for the show today. We've got a, a, a cider-heavy show today. Mm-hmm. Love a good cider. Mm-hmm. I really, uh, really, I used to used to not be a fan of cider. Used, Why? What's used, the matter with you? Well, I, well, all the ciders that were out there basically just tasted like soda. Uh, you know, overly sweet, and hey, you know what's great? Put this on some ice. Yeah, because it's too sweet. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't want, nor do I need an apple soda. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you know. All the ciders that I could get my hands on were available, but you know, with the uh, with the growth of the craft beer industry, has also seen you know subsequent growth in uh, in the craft cider industry. And mm-hmm. uh, man, have I become a big, big fan! So I'm really excited for today's show. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, Jim from Social Cider Works, friend of the show, Jim. We've got. What's Rob up? from Windfall is going to join us as well. What's happening, Rob? Hey, I hear you. Jeff O'Brien, the lawyer extraordinaire, sitting in. What's up, Jeff? Not, not, not too much. And general counsel for the Minnesota Cider Guild, which is why I fit in everything. <laughs> exactly. And we've got uh, Gabby. You just got your hands in every pot, I know, don't I got, you? Yeah, right? I do. I do. <laughs> and Gabby from Ballast Point is going to sit in as well. How are you doing, Gabby? Super good. Awesome. So let's start with cider. Since it's that time of year, I was just at an apple orchard. Which one? Where were we at? I was at uh, Pine Tree Orchard, I believe, uh, north of the old White Bear Lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, uh, man, it was busy. This is, uh, this is a crazy, crazy time of year at the old orchard. Yeah, it's, you know, you, it's the place to be. You got to take the kids. You got to get to the orchard once a year. Got to eat donuts. Oh, man, we had donuts for lunch. <laughs> I was like, I knew they had food there. I'm like, you know, let's let's hold off on a lunch, kiddo. We'll have, we'll have some lunch at the, uh, at the orchard. That's how you win best dad. Dude. Man, yeah, man. I'm, I'm still vying for uh, for best dad. It's between me and the milkman, but we'll see who, who comes out on top. But, I mean, I, I knew they had food. I didn't realize, like, it was oh, yeah. essentially like a dessert cafe, like, you have pie, you got apple ice cream, you've got apple donuts. There was like no substantive like nutrition whatsoever. No. We sell uh we sell twelve packs of donuts, but they're not mini donuts. They're, know, they're oh, full donuts. diesel donuts. The People big just deal. Sit down and nice. mow them. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So. Always, always an awesome time. We went through the corn maze. Went on the. We didn't do a tractor ride because I didn't want to wait in that line. That's that's always a challenge trying to wrangle a kid for like twenty minutes while you're waiting to go on the tractor ride. Do they have pumpkins? They did have pumpkins, but it's a little little early for the pumpkin. I mean, you can probably grab one, but then I mean. I don't know. Then you gotta hope it lasts. Have it sit on the porch, and then you're tempted to slice it up and make beer out of it. And... Well, then you're gonna drive by three other ones uh, <laughs> later, and then wish you had waited. Well, that happened to me last year, actually. The we waited until Halloween Day, and the kids like, "Are we gonna get pumpkins this year?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm sure stores will have tons of them." Nope. There was not nary a pumpkin to be found within a five mile radius. Dude, according to Target, Halloween started like last week, man. It's like <laughs> time to start buying candy. I was driving home from the the Great Pumpkin debacle of 2016. And I drove past the <laughs> feeling local- shame. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm like worst dad ever. And I drive past the local watering hole, and they've got like these decorations like sitting outside, and I see some corn stalks and some pumpkins, and I'm like, oh. Oh, oh, oh. So I jump inside. I'm like, how, uh, how much for the, the pumpkin you've got out there? Like, y- you want it? Like, 
I don't, but my kid will. <laughs> so, shout out to uh, to the the local watering hole. They set me up with a, a pumpkin last year and saved my bacon when it came to a uh, came to the kid. So, I love this time of year, man. Pumpkins and cider. Let's let's talk a little about uh, cider and what's going on with the uh, the cider guild. You guys have a fun event coming up. Tell us a little about it. Yeah, we're doing a um, a cider fair out at Minnesota Harvest Orchard down in Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it is is basically um, a miniature beer festival, ciders only. So um, when I say so, I should preface this by saying anytime I say cider, and this is a beer crowd, but well, I mean, we're all talking not right. the alcoholic kind, right? Well, yeah, um, yeah. But, so but get that on the table. Uh, <laughs> so this is a, we're, not, we're not getting excited about apple juice. <laughs> yeah, we, we get a lot of that. I feel like I got to tell that to everybody that's that asks. Well, do you, so for a, is there? There's no NA juice at the at the festival. We'll have some. We'll probably have hot cider, mm-hmm. hot fresh cider, mm-hmm. um, spiced stuff. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be a. It's going to be an adult oriented event. Adult cider beverage event. Right on. Yeah. right on. You know, donuts, but you know, without the kids. <laughs> but it is it is family friendly, right? It, it's uh, it's absolutely family. totally family friendly. Oh yeah. Bring so yeah, bring the kids. Child and, and a sober dog and. Uh, a sober driver, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're allowed in. Right and, and I would say, uh, so I went to the Cider Fest in the in the summertime, which was great, and it was nothing better on a hot day in the summertime than, you know, have a whole bunch of local cideries. Is that around. the one the one down the river? Yeah. 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 Um, if you haven't tried local, you know, local craft cider yet, check out one of the Guild's events, because it's great to have them all there at one place and be able to sample their wares. And oh, yeah. It's, once, once you get hooked on it, you're hooked on it. It's good stuff. Yeah, that's, that's one of the, the best things about going to a festival is you don't have to make that, that big obligation to right. something you may not wholeheartedly enjoy. And then it's like, oh, man, now I got a giant bottle or, or something that you know might be good but just wasn't quite up my alley, right? Yep. Well, there's so much. So it's a, such a new beverage for people that there's so much of it out there that people haven't had before Mm -hmm. so to throw down you know 10 15 bucks on a bottle um for something you haven't tried you people want to try things first and and uh this is the best way to do that uh like we're doing here (laughs) (laughs) i'm just i'm going to town over here jim's got jim's got like nine bottles over there i would say that the cider events too are i think less intimidating for for you know fans of you know craft beverages Nothing against my my brewery guys, but you walk into like some of the big brewery events, it gets overwhelming how many there are. Mm-hmm. We're still in the manageable stage in terms of our our cider uh, cideries in right. Minnesota, so you can re- you could literally get through a you know a, the you know a, a festival and be able to sample everything that's there and not you know ha- and still be able to get to your car. Right. You know, I mean, it's not it's not like a, it's not it's it's not like there's two hundred cideries there all mm-hmm. pouring. You, they might, you know, there's a good handful of them and. And you get a chance to try a lot of different stuff, and there is a lot of unique stuff out there. It's fun stuff. I'm going to take that as a challenge. John. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if I if I want to go to the uh, to the festival, uh, how how do I get in? Is it uh, a ticket? Is it general admission? Is it pay for pull? You got to know the, a guy. What's the setup? <laughs> yeah, it, it is ticketed. You can buy a ticket ahead of time. There's a special knock. Yeah, yeah. And, a, and a handshake. What's behind yeah. the green door? Yeah. Uh, special <laughs> cider handshake. Or you can just buy a ticket. And where uh, do folks go to buy, buy a ticket? Uh, you go to our uh, website, our fair website, minnesotaciderfair.weebly.com, or our Facebook page. Is the best right way to do it. What's uh, How much is a ticket going to set somebody back? 30 bucks. And 30 bucks. And for it's all the taste. All, all you can drink, man. Yep. And it's, uh, I, 
the best thing about it for me, like you were saying, is that most of us are going to be there, you mm-hmm. know, like I'm going to be there pouring, right. uh, all these, these ciders are, we're all pretty small yet. And so you're going to be, uh, getting pours from the guys that are making it. Right. A lot of, a lot of people putting sweat equity into the, uh, exactly. to the brand still, so, right? And you can start asking questions and they'll be more than happy to talk about what they're doing, you know, and they're very yeah. passionate about what they're making. So. And I think that's one of the, one of the real value things that'll be going on at this festival because the, you know, the craft cidery is still fairly young and I think right. there's a lot of people that don't know a lot about it and 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 you know when, when they hear cider they 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 probably think like like I was saying at the beginning of the segment oh I know what cider is it's that it's that right. carbonated apple flavored drink mm-hmm. you know <laughs> um, so this is a real good opportunity for you know for the consumer education about all the great ciders that are out there and available I, I know this is probably like a, a controversial perspective but my, I, I really do view cider as like a flavor of craft beer uh, you know, if you think about sour beers and what's happening in that space, you know, high acid, uh, that's that's not that dissimilar from a flavor profile to like what you're getting from a lot of these cideries. That's accurate. Uh, yeah, so it's like yeah. it's one of those things. If you're you know if you're messing around with with uh, sour beers, like cider could be right in your wheelhouse. You don't I, even know I, yet. I totally agree. I mean, like I said, summertime, I'm more sour beers and ciders um, versus you know darker and hoppier stuff. So I'm I'm I I totally agree with you, Jim. Don't put us in a box, man. It's not just summertime. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think that there's a huge overlap in the consumer sector between, you know, what's what's happening with the the sour sector and beer and in wine and, and cider. I think mm-hmm. that there's a, a huge amount of growth happening and even more to happen within the the cider realm. Um, and I think this is going to be a great opportunity for folks to come and expand expand their flavor palettes a little right. bit at, at the at the festival. Yeah, and like you were saying at the beginning, it's my number one complaint, or not complaint, but comment from people that haven't had the no drink cider now, they come up to the orchard and come up to the bar and be like, well, I don't I don't drink cider. It's like, well, you, you just don't drink good cider, probably. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. that really sweet, like you're saying, just apple flavoring stuff, and it's like, no, you get this try it. Right. Try this one, see if you like it. Like, oh, yeah, no, I don't like cider, but this one's good. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's the the way you know craft beer was right. ten twenty years ago. Yeah, where, if you, you know, if you if your idea of cider is woodchuck, get down to cider the one of the cider festivals and try what real local cider tastes like. Well, yeah. and that's that's a good question. Local cider and and the taste, Jeff. What do you guys feel is the uh, the palate for ciders locally? Do folks what are they looking for uh, in the local market when they want a cider? Well, when they're looking for a cider, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of local craft cider, people are looking for drier stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the palate's still on the sweeter side, uh, but it's changing pretty quickly. Wouldn't you say, Jim? Jim? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, all this stuff's on the drier side. Right. Th- when we started, man, we'd put ciders in front of people, and they'd be like, "This, this isn't cider. Like, this isn't right." And that, well, we kind of wanted that, right? That's the re- reaction we were going for. Sure. But uh, you know, there's a lot of places like, well, you know, this Angry Orchard sells pretty good. It's cheap. We're just going to keep doing this. And then now there's people actually asking for it. Like, if you're a craft beer bar and you have Angry Orchard on, like, you lose all credibility. Like, it's out the window. <laughs> no more street crap. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, we're going to come back after this, talk a little more cider, a little more beer, uh, talk some laws with uh, Jeff O'Brien. Uh, you're listening to the Minnesota Beer Cast on AM 1130 and 103.5 Twin Cities News Talk. How do you define protection? At Online Trading Academy, we teach skills to protect and grow your investment. No, it's not sitting at your computer day trading. That's a thing of the past. 
It's a professional rules-based strategy to protect and grow your money and create a great second income. What's risky is not protecting your money from a market crash. Join us for us a- on iTunes. You have our very own channel on the iHeartRadio app. So if you haven't downloaded that, there ain't much I can do for you. <laughs> I carry a really? Nokia candy bar phone, so yeah, kind of out of luck. Well, so you know, you got to get with the times, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still good. It hasn't broken. It's been fourteen years. I love flip phones. <laughs> I still text T nine D three times. Absolutely. We are back. Thanks for joining us. If you do enjoy the show, please share with a friend. Give yep. us a rating. All yep. that stuff. Do all those things. Yeah, do all the things. Only if it's a good rating, though. Wait, well, yeah, don't don't share a bad rating. Why listen to the show if you're going to give a bad rating? Oh, yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, why are you listening right now? Stop. Turn it yeah. off. Yeah, well. Go or, listen to something crappy. <laughs> or crappier, <laughs> however. So we are back. We're joined by uh, Gabby from Ballast Point. We're going to talk a little about Ballast Point this segment. How are you doing, Gabby? Oh, hi, I'm good. <laughs> so for the uninitiated, for the folks that aren't aware, tell tell us about Ballast Point. Well, Ballast Point uh, started 25 years ago as a homebrew supply store. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out our beer was more popular than the homebrew supplies we were selling. <laughs> so uh, we eventually took that as our major venture. And now, 21 years later, we are the eighth or ninth, depending on whose math you use, largest uh craft in quotation marks brewery in the united states we were purchased by constellation so people so is there an asterisk by the uh yeah i mean it's kind of juicing or either mark mcguire it's weird because the the same people are making the beer and the beer is made the same way but we're not craft anymore you know because that's all about ownership for sure and and i get that well it's one of the things that we talk about here uh you know from time to time i know i think the last time jim was on with us at uh Town Hall Station, we we read the headline, I think Funky Buddha got purchased by Constellation yep. Brands, right? Um, and that's kind of your parent company at, at Ballast Point. It's our big old sugar daddy. Talk talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> talk about that relationship a little bit and what it means to the the beer and what it means to you personally as a, as a rep. I think that that's an interesting conversation to have. So the uh, I can only speak to my experience. Sure. Um, I can't speak to what AB means. I can't speak to what Miller Coors means, but I can speak to what Constellation means. And my job has not changed. Mm-hmm. I have yet to meet any Constellation people. Um, our brewery is running the same way it always has. The same people are making the decisions and brewing the beer and designing the cans and selling it. So uh, to me, it means we have a little bit more financial security. Mm-hmm. We don't have to bring in more investors. We don't have to go beg to a bank and have somebody dictate to us how we're running our business. We can make decisions and we have a big parent company to support that. I get that's not everybody's bag, but mm-hmm. also it doesn't make us the big bad. <laughs> you know, like, it, I am really cool with having health insurance. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm okay with the decisions that are being made. I mean, they weren't mine to make. Some people started a company 25 years ago and they were made a very generous offer and they took that. And I don't know any human that would have turned down a billion point two dollars. Right. I mean, when the when the genie pops out of the lamp and says, yeah, you want three wishes. Do you do you say no? No. And, <laughs> I mean, the, the great part is this this dream they have continues to live. It's going to it's going to be here for the long term now because we have financial security and we have this this big group of companies that are are keeping everything afloat. I mean it, it's not, you know, 
we, we're trained now to think that like big companies are evil. And sometimes maybe that's the truth. Mm-hmm. And in our case, it's a bunch of American owned companies, uh, wineries, distilleries, breweries now that are all joined together in the common interest of providing good quality product. Do you think that that's a big point of distinction that Constellation is an American-owned company versus, uh, you know, another giant conglomerate that that may not be controlled by American interests? I think that once again, I'm going to speak to my experience, but like this money is staying in our country. It, mm-hmm. it our our brand is based out of New York. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that has to be different, right? Like the the people at the top are living in this country and paying taxes on their income, and and those. It all comes back here. Meanwhile, whereas SAB Miller based out of like South America now, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Brazil. Who right. knows? That's right. <laughs> my point. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to make a moral distinction on that because I haven't done the research. But I, I just know that my company employs good people, and they're the same people that have generally been hired, myself included. I have equal uh, time now between Constellation and Independent Ballast Point. Mm-hmm. And my job has not changed. So when when somebody wants to get in my face about how evil we are, I'm like, I'm the same person. <laughs> does does that happen frequently yes. where people get in your face and, and accuse you of being yes. an evil hate monger? Because Oh yeah, it's like I sold out. Like I gained something. And also then I have to It was your decision. Yeah. I yeah. have to explain to them the way capitalism works, where it's like, oh, that's what what a billion dollars gets you. And I'm like, you understand that left the company, right? Like they paid these people to to buy the company and that money is gone and we now have to make it back right. that's the way it works yeah so <laughs> yeah and they also think we were purchased by ab which isn't the case and i don't have anything wrong with ab but we weren't well is that is that just a matter of people not reading and understanding and and taking news in in sound bites i mean because constellation was a, a split from uh, a larger entity a long time ago right when things merged they said here here are these brands that cannot be a part of this company anymore and yeah so split off. constellation got the north american distribution rights on uh, corona modello mm-hmm. when ab was determined to be a monopoly mm-hmm. so i mean they got those distribution rights they're they're not the owner right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> our beer is not being brewed in mexico it would have to be <laughs> printed on the can you know like there's laws um I, it, it's a bizarre thing to me to to have people that used to think I was a cool person for being a beer rep, uh, and and now they're like coming up and accusing me of being the devil. Yeah, as if so. you had anything to do with it. You know, I deal yeah. with this too, when we, especially when you get into like disputes it's on the trademark side, right? I mean, th- at the end of the day, this is a business, right? I mean, we're we're not in it just you know for. Yeah, you know, it's great that we have you know good beer or good cider, but you know it's nice for everybody to start these businesses to make some money. So, I think. When it comes to these acquisitions on a, a on you know a, by the quote unquote macro breweries, I think we need to draw a distinction between someone like you know these Heineken deals or Constellation. The reason we and, and what AB and AB InBev. The reason that we always you know bash on AB InBev isn't because uh, they're big or because you know their beer tastes like water. AB InBev is constantly being investigated by the De- Department of Justice for ant- for monopolistic practices. That's what our beef is, is because it's pretty clear that AB InBev wants to run the craft beer industry out of existence. That doesn't mean that you hate every single macro brewery out there because one of them wants to run everybody out. You know, it's it's so I think you have to. It, there's always nuances and finer points, and you got to be. 
you, you can't fault a, a, you know a, a brewery where there's no you know succession plan or anybody that wants to step up and take it over. I mean, if you get to your sixties, you're not you're not you're not required to you know stay in it until you die. You, you're going to take a deal, and I don't think that it's that you should fault anybody for doing that. Um, and I think we need to get a little bit past some of the us versus them, and focus on you know the the issues that affect the industry, and you know having a a, 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 a long-established brewery be acquired by somebody who can put some capital t- into it and expand it and grow it is a good thing for for the for consumers. Having somebody out there that's trying to run everybody out, that's not a good right. thing. I mean, that's that's my beef with, with what Budweiser is does is like you know, the whole model of, in my opinion, of the acquisition of these smaller brands is all right. Now the places where craft beer is not that popular yet. We can use our monstrous distribution like foothold to price these like to price crafty beer at four ninety nine a four pack, and now they're like I think if you're being optimistic, there are two producers in the state of Minnesota that can compete at four ninety nine per unit, uh, and so as a result, if you go to these places where craft beer is not really a thing yet, uh, all of a sudden like it, it pretty, there's this roadblock block this like pricing roadblock. Uh, and I think that's for, for me. That's my issue with with the Budweisers of the world. And I don't, you know, you don't see that happen in Constellation. I mean, you guys still have the most ungodly expensive beer on the planet. Yep. Which is awesome, right? Because that <laughs> means like it preserves pricing power for smaller players to be able to be competitive well, in the market. I mean, just because we got big didn't mean our beer got cheaper. Right. To make. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right, right. That's kind of what it comes down to. Ultimately, is like the beer's still good. Yep. Yeah. It's still made right. well. Is it? Is are they? Putting other ingredients in there without telling you? No, you know, no. That kind of thing? Um, so we, we still have the most expensive quality control lab in the industry, period. Um, we take that very seriously. Obviously, we sell $15 six-packs. Um, so we, we do have a, speaking of beers, we have a new beer. Nice. It's, it's well, let's, called... Uh, let's, let's tease it, Gabby. <laughs> we're, we're coming up on a break. Yeah. Let's tease the, the new beers. We're going to uh, talk about it in the next segment. Uh, you're listening to the Minnesota Beercast on Twin Cities News Talk, <laughs> and we'll be back after this. This report is brought to you by Alina Health. From the Cremation Society of Minnesota Weather Center, patchy fog is possible this morning along with scattered rain showers. We'll have gradually clearing skies into this afternoon with high temperatures today headed for the mid-60s. Clear skies tonight with lows right around 50. I'm meteorologist Ashley O'Connor on Twin Cities News. That dude in there at MN Schmitty, and uh, you can like our page on Facebook. Yeah, search Minnesota Beercast and... Keep up to date with all of our shenanigans. All the things. That's right. I've thought about starting an Instagram account. I thought you had one. Maybe a Snapchat. I heard the new kids are doing uh, Marco Polo. That's the new the new thing now. What? Uh-huh. What? Uh, you're too old. Marco Never mind. Polo? No, you're, if you don't know what I'm it gonna, is, then you don't know. I'm searching for that in the app store right you're now. Oh, everybody get off. Look for the Minnesota Beer Cast the on Marco are Polo. fleeing from Marco Polo right now. <laughs> 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 Quick reminder, we talked about it in the first segment, but uh, October 22nd is the Minnesota Cider Fair down in Jordan. Head to uh, mnciderfair.weebly.com or find the uh, the Cider Guild's Facebook page. I was uh, I was planning on going camping that weekend. I might have to change my plans. Go camping in Jordan. It's a, you yeah. know what? There you go. Yeah, they got, got the, the universe's largest candy store down there, too. That's not a bad idea. Mm. Uh, load up on candy, come up to the orchard, bring your tent. And yeah. then pass out. That's, Can I just camp in the orchard? Just. Well, that was an assumed. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're going to drink a bunch of cider, then you're right. going to pass it. On the, yeah, and okay. yeah, just don't tell us. 
He's not going to tell you because he's going to be passed out. Right, go out the back road. There's a farm road that runs out back. All right. Take him on it. Absolutely. I was going to ask, as long as we're talking about ciders, do you, how do you guys feel the relationship is as as cider makers between brewers and, and cideries? Is there you think there's a lot of crossover? Is, it, is the relationship a bit contentious? I mean, you guys have different licensures, right? Yeah, Jim there, hates himself. <laughs> well, there's, there's. I mean, my question is, is there, as far as the, the, the licensing, it seems like there should be more, more access for cider makers to make beer, right? Or for maybe bleed over for the, the distillers to get into the beer world? Or do you think as a, as a producer that those worlds should all be separate? Well, I have some thoughts on this. <laughs> the, uh, I'm the, just going to sit back. The, uh, well, I, so I think I, I'm a member of the Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild. Uh, right. We do a lot of collaborations with other breweries. So for, uh, from my perspective, the relationship between cideries and breweries is pretty, is pretty good. Well, that's kind of my question because I, I, I enjoy all the things. Yep. And I, I'm kind of thinking how much it'd be, f- it'd be awesome to have cider and beer to, together at a festival like this, and maybe even some spirits too, right? Well, I mean, my my the thing is, there's nothing that precludes any one of these producers to also hold licenses across, like across the board. So mm-hmm. Sociable <clears throat> holds a brewing license, which is unique. We're one of the only cideries in the country that's licensed as a brewery instead of like a winery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we are um, in the process of getting our wine license as well, so that we can release products under both like tax classes mm-hmm. um, for the consumer or the layperson, nobody really cares what tax class you produce under. They just want to know that it tastes good. Um, but I think that um, there's a lot of examples of breweries. Like if you look at um, uh, out in, uh, like out on the West coast, um, oh, of course I'm going to blank on the name. Um, they have a distillery and a brewery and a cidery and they're in Portland. Um, what? Oh yeah. Uh, Seattle cider works. Seattle has cider. three. Yep. And they and have a brewery. They have a brewery, oh, but yep. I don't know what that is. And they have a distillery well, also. We had a distillery at one point. The laws are very different in California. Yep. In the civilized world. Uh, and in and, and Wisconsin and close to us news, you know, like Rush River tried to be a cidery for a minute. But like the 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 federal laws are just so much tighter on cideries that they basically would lose their tap room, which is another source of revenue, which they mm-hmm. needed to stay afloat. The, the, yeah, the hard thing here is with state law, it's so restrictive that it's hard to... to you know, the idea it would be great if you could do it. You could have hold all the different licenses, hold the you know the distillers, you know the the distilled the spirits plant license, do the uh, the winery license, do the do the, the the brewery thing, and serve everything. But you can't. I mean, right now the way it stands is you can't have. It, it's it's explicit in statute that you can't have. You're, if you're making, if you're doing a distillery and a brewery, you can't have the spirits in the tap room. You have to choose one or the other. And there's a complete. There's nothing that this says nothing about whether or not if you have a wine license, what you know what you can do with with that. Um, you can. There's one line in the statutes that give the right to have a winery that's not on a farm. Um, and so now, so but but you can't you ha- you can't self distribute. So you can have now an urban, you know, cidery with a with a tasting room, and. You know, and do basically the equivalent of a tap room, mm-hmm. but you can't. You still have to then hire a distributor to distribute the stuff, which is why you get like why probably why Jim wanted to go with the brewery route because then you at least can self distribute. Right. Sure. So it's 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 messed up. I mean, and it's again, it's all this. 
there's there's so much economic protectionism that's still inherent in our liquor laws and you know and it all goes back to really what's driven by the other tiers i mean the the the, the bars in town don't want to have some a manufacturer being able to make everything because then they view that as competition mm-hmm. um again it gets back to but there are, there's always going to be a market we talked about it before there's always going to be a market for people that want to drink you know the macro brands and those bars and out there generally make a lot of money serving those not you know a lot of the you know it just it's it's messed up i mean it, i'm more libertarian when it comes to this stuff i wish they'd just take off all the restrictor plates and let it go mm-hmm. um but it's you know we it took five years for, before since you started for them just to lost to buy liquor on Sundays, <laughs> right? And when now we're talking about you know all this stuff, it's still, it, it, still yet to be seen on whether or not the whole state of Minnesota will burst into flames. <laughs> it hasn't yet, right? <laughs> no, I talked yeah, to no, uh, no. I talked to the folks at the Post Bulletin earlier in the week, and uh, you know they they were waiting for some some liquor stores to comment back on how well Sunday sales is working out for them. And I said, well, I don't think you're going to get many comments. People don't generally call back the newspaper to say um, eating crow here. So I, I think yeah. I think it's working out pretty. <laughs> yeah. You don't hear a lot of saying "my bad," right? <laughs> yeah, they don't generally put that in the newspaper. So I think uh, um, ultimately, what it comes down to is there's a fair playing field, and unfortunately, these laws cause, force people to try to work around them. There aren't any cider laws on the books, basically, in the state of Minnesota. It's like we're trying to read between the lines on cider and beer mm-hmm. and wine, and making stuff up as we go because we have to. Mm-hmm. And then it pits us against each other, and it's just ridiculous. We actually get together now. The the, the handful of of law firms in town that really do ha- have a heavy concentration of craft beverage clients, we now try to get together just for a happy hour once a month, just to kind of trade war stories and trade notes because we're our own peer group. Yeah, you know, and just figure out okay, what we're because a lot of this, you know, I always tell when I work with our law clerks at my, my firm, I always tell them, you know, how you're taught in law school. That if a statute, the way you interpret a statute, if the statute says doesn't say you can't do it, that you can do it. Mm-hmm. Well, liquor laws are the exact opposite of that. If it says you can't, if it doesn't say you can do it, that means you can't do it. And our job is to push the nuances with AGE as to how far we can go. So we get together once a month at somebody's place. By the way, Jim, we're going to be at your place on October twenty fifth. Well, right, I'll be there. Um, and we're going to just sit down and we just so you know more just you know have a bull session about what the latest battles we've had with the, you know with AGE and figure out where we can push them. Yeah, well, I, I have a I have a question about that. I think that's a really interesting perspective. The idea that you know if it's not explicitly stated you can do it, then that you can't. And and I think the reason for that is this is one of few industries where there's a regulatory body whose job it is to say no. Yep. Right. That's exactly right. We've had like we ran into the AGE on the crawler thing. They were like, well, this isn't a, a a can is not a bottle. And I was like, there I can show you many examples where a can is a bottle. And furthermore, in federal statute. You know, bottle just means any off-sale package. Mm-hmm. So we had to go toe-to-toe with the AGE on that. They said, well, well, no, you can't do that. And then we said, well, well, we disagree. We, we'd like, uh, you know, the, the mechanism that exists in this country to determine, like, you know, what happens when two people disagree, i.e. the legal system, uh, to, to do that. So please issue us a cease and desist, and we'll let the, we'll let the courts figure it out. And their response was, you shouldn't be combative. There's this thing that's allowable in law that we can't do to make it easier for our consumers and people that are fans of our product to do this. Uh, and then finally, they ultimately did rule that, that this was allowable. Uh, but now, you know, now we, we like our side hustle is selling crawlers to other breweries. It's awesome. 
Yeah. So we we kind of got off track here, but before we left, <laughs> we were going to talk about Gabby's beers over at Ballast Point. So Gabby, if there's any if there's any beer left in your cup, uh-huh. why don't you tell us about? Uh, sure. Well, uh, so we have a new beer that we're releasing in Minnesota today. It's called Fathom IPA. Uh, you know, 90% of the negative things I hear when I'm talking to consumers are that our beers are too expensive. Constructive criticism. You know, and uh, Sculpin's never going to get cheaper. I'm sorry to tell everybody this, but it's true. It's not. Uh, it was a limited release that we chose to make as much as we as we could. It didn't make it cheaper. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have a new IPA called Fathom. It's a very classically hopped uh, Chinook, uh, Citra, Amarillo hopped IPA. Six percent, and it's gonna be cheap. I mean, at least by our standards. <laughs> so, uh, for all of you people that 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 talk to that trash, go out and buy it. <laughs> uh, talking that, you know, because that's the thing. Like, vote with your money. Like, if you love something, if there is a beer you love, buy it. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. You know, otherwise, if you if 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 the consumer, which the average beer consumer is, this is what it is. They just buy whatever's new and shiny and they don't return to that thing they love. And then when it goes away, they go on to the internet and bitch about it. And it's like, <laughs> well, when was the last time you bought this thing that you proclaimed to love? You right. know, like just buy it and they'll continue to make it. So here we are as Ballast Point, this big, heartless corporation, according to some, uh, <laughs> you know, listening to our consumers and trying to brew something that they, they'll enjoy and be able to afford on a more regular basis. How, how much of, of that? Uh, condition response is the the brewer's fault, the the new and shiny, the the Pavlov's dog. Of, ooh, <sighs> you ooh, know, ooh, I mean, everything's our fault and not our fault. You know, we're reacting to them; they're reacting to us. Um, you know, everybody's just trying to make a living and 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 make something tasty for somebody to enjoy. That's it. Right. So I'm not gonna go to like some weird. Yeah, I'm not gonna blame anybody for the nature of the industry. I just think that consumers need to like actually vote with their wallets. Damn it, I need blame, Gabby. Yeah, when when, when I see somebody getting mad because a beer that they've loved is discontinued, I'm, I want to ask them when the last time they bought it. How much it was. did you drink it? Very good. Well, on that note, let's take uh, one more break. You're listening to the Minnesota Beercast. We'll be back after this on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. If your work stops suddenly when your air compressor stops suddenly, pay attention. GS Compressor. Call them 612-721-1634. Sells the most dependable compressors available, and they're on sale now. Get a 10-horsepower screw air compressor for only $2,999, or a 25-horsepower screw air compressor for only $5,999. They're locally owned and have been in business for over 50 years. Visit to hear that news on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Dig me some Tom Petty. Kind of the soundtrack to my life, man. Fortunately, he's got a... uh, massive library mm-hmm. of of songs like more than you realize like you start looking through your tom petty library like, holy crap he was prolific yeah. if you want an interesting trivia uh item for about tom petty i told Schmitty about this in a text message earlier um do you know that one time tom petty was the opening band for kiss no, I did not know that. It would have been one hell of a show to oh see. Oh, my gosh. That would have been the best show on the planet. And back in the 70s, <laughs> it, was, it was an opening. And it, my, my, everybody knows my two favorites are Kiss and Prince. And, and you can say that Tom Petty was the setup man for arguably what is the greatest Prince guitar solo ever. Yes. Which was their all-star jam nice at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yes. for a while. My guitar gently weeps. If you watch that video, that's just such a great 
great uh, performance it, by both of them. It's mind blowing. Yeah, man, it that, really, really is. That uh, that performance sends chills down my spine every it's, time. It's pretty amazing. Petty uh, from Gainesville. I uh, got to start in Gainesville, Florida. I lived in Gainesville for a while, and uh, much go like Gators, go Gators. Yeah. That's right. Much like Bob Dylan in Minnesota, it's like once Petty kind of got out of Gainesville, he never came back. <laughs> well, you know. Who goes back to Florida? Hey. Gainesville's hey, nice. He's out with the high school down there. How often you go back? Yeah. Fair point. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't been back in a long time. Well, Again, we, go Gators. When we left the last segment, Gabby was going to tell us about the uh, the other beer we didn't quite squeeze in, and she said she's got a, a colorful story for us. Yeah, so Sour Wench is a limited release from us. It's the first time we packaged anything sour. Uh, quote unquote sour. It, it's a Berliner Weiss, so it's all lactobacillus. It's kettle sour. We we've produced that because we don't want to f up Sculpin, mm-hmm. which is a big thing for us, yeah, uh, understandably. But originally, we we made this because we were doing a lot of uh, you know pretty snotty beer fests with you can imagine back in the '90s, it wasn't all the young people like it is now. It was mm-hmm. a lot of older home brewers, things like that. Uh, and Colby Chandler just thought it was super funny because these are made with Marion Berry blackberries to call it uh, Marion Berry's better than a crack whore ale. <laughs> and to make everyone say the entire name of the beer before they could try it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, obviously the TTB did not think that was a great name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's called Sour Wench and it's available in six pack bottles in Minnesota. So you can get some really dope uh Paul Elder art. It has really cool, like, skeleton lady on it. And a lot of the people that have made this beer possible in the background, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and first time we've ever packaged anything like this. So you're going to see a lot more from us. We just opened a Trade Street facility near our Miramar facility that has uh, barrel aging and sour production. Uh, as you may or may not know, Constellation bought High West Distillery last what? year. So, uh, sorry, Lagunitas, but all those High West barrels are ours now. <laughs> so, Victory at Sea's uh, limited variant this year will be High West Barrel Age. I did not realize that uh, that High West was purchased by Constellation. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty huge. That's some, that's some good stuff. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, Constellation's focusing on buying some quality brands, and I'm proud to be one of those brands you mm-hmm. know like i'm super pumped to try funky buddha i've never had any it's only available in florida right it could very well be available to us soon i think that someone pretty recently was just talking a little bit of noise about florida <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Funky mainly, Buddha's never gonna go back once mainly because Minnesota. like every bad internet story you hear is like florida man <laughs> dot, dot, dot. now there's there's an actual we don't have time to get into it but there's an actual reason for that and it has to do with florida's laws Regarding the uh, like their open laws regarding the the police reports, oh, that's sure. why it's like the only state where like every police report uh-huh. is made public. So when <laughs> when it's a slow news day, what do the newspapers do? They just go look for weird stories out of the police reports. I mean that makes sense. Yeah. Just very weird things. Yeah. You just figure everybody's on like flesh eating meth down there. Yeah. Well, there's that. See, it's half that alligators and half the open records. Yeah. Law. If if yeah. weird things weren't happening in Florida, they wouldn't be in the police reports, Andrew. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying they happen in other states as well. They just don't get reported. <laughs> we just had a dude get his 28th DWI up here in Minnesota. So yeah, that's not, that's I not... feel like Wisconsin and Minnesota are constantly competing for the most DWIs. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there. Yeah, I think there's like a, a ribbon somewhere that, yeah. that they have to. It's like the college football rivalries where they have to exchange the trophies. 
every year, wherever, whichever, wherever the, the most the goat, like <laughs> saddest trophy ever. <laughs> right? Aww. It's not a trophy; it's just a rusty old Dodge. <laughs> Smashed. <laughs> do we have uh, Do we have time for any news, Drew? Uh, we've got a few minutes left in the program. I got a story here from uh, from Fortune dot com Great American Beer Festival, which kicks off today mm-hmm. on the day that we're recording. Yeah, we're this. all yeah. here, sad, and we're all here, sad. Uh, has always uh, had some of a focus on craft breweries, but this year the show appears to be drawing in line in the sand. The majority of one-time craft brewers now owned by AB InBev or Miller Coors will not be at this year's GABF, and several other big names will be absent as well. Uh, that means well-known names such as Wicked Weed, Goose Island will not be pouring this year. Uh, neither will Terrapin, St. Archer, uh, Lagunitas, uh, Legion, Ten Barrel, Breckenridge, Blue Moon, and go on and on and on of all the people that are not going to be at the GABF this year. Mm, we've had a lot of conversation this show about big brands versus little brands. Gabby, we talked about how Ballast Point is is owned by Constellation. You guys aren't aren't there this year, right? Is that is that true? I don't actually know if we're in the festival. To well, be honest with you, I, I don't know. What do you guys make of that? I mean, it seems. Short-sighted. I mean, I understand that their membership is all about local and independent, but if somebody wants to come pour beer and pay money to sponsor, I, 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 I think it gets back to our earlier discussion. I think you need to make a distinction between, you know, a large, you know, large company that may be <clears throat> infusing capital into a smaller brewery and helping it grow versus AB InBev that is, I think everybody is, is understands, is trying to put an end to this movement so that they can basically run everything, have 100% of the market again. I, I don't have a problem with them cutting off the AB InBev craft brands out of GABF. I, I, I think, they, I think they, they're pounding a nail with a sledgehammer, though. Well, and I think I think also, like, a big thing is people don't know the difference. Like, I, I, I wrote an article, like, a uh, couple, like, maybe a year ago. It was talking about how, like, my mom, who buys craft beer when I come home, because she knows, to, to Florida, by the way, uh, <laughs> she knows I like craft beer. She just buys what's on sale and looks like it might be good. And eight out of ten times, it's something owned by Budweiser. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I, thanks for trying, Mom. That's but, awesome. man, like, you're just, like, putting money into the pocket of the guys who are literally trying to kill me. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it's their... Or use of literally, sorry. It's it's their their association, right? It's, it's the Brewer Association. That's what they want to do, and it's their festival, and they have all the right in the world to do so For so sure. uh, all the more power to them at some point though craft beer has become a religion instead of just like a fun thing <laughs> that supplemented our lives as full human beings with yeah. lots of interests yeah and i love a good beverage and i don't really care who makes it as long as it's delicious mm-hmm. you know like yes of course i want to support my friends you know like that that's important to me too but like if they make crap I'm going to stop buying it. <laughs> and and I, I think that we've lost sight of that. Like, yeah. we just continue to buy things just because they're local. Mm-hmm. Words words of wisdom to live by. Let's close the show on that note. Thanks for listening to the Minnesota BeerCast. Go check out Jeff O'Brien's website, uh, jeffreyobriantoday.com. Is that right, Jeff? Jeffreyobrien.today. You should know. You built it. Well, close enough. <laughs> Damn. Go check out. <laughs> that was a promo for me. You built a great website. Sick bird, Jeff. Schmitty, besides all his other talents, helped me build the website, and it always fixed it when I screw something up on it. <laughs> this page is missing. What did I do? Go check out uh, mnciderfair.weebly.com. Yeah, that's going to be a great event. Uh, get your tickets now. 
go buy yourself some Ballast Point and go visit Social Cider Works and Windfall Cider as yeah. well. Thanks for coming on, everybody. It was a really fun show. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. We will be back next week with a brand new edition of the Minnesota BeerCast every Friday night at 8 and available anytime on podcast via iHeartRadio app. Just search Minnesota BeerCast. We've got our own channel dedicated there or available on iTunes and Stitcher and all other podcast feeds. Have a great weekend, everybody. Cheers. See ya. For breaking her heart.